Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Not only did Paul know his purpose in life, but Timothy knew his purpose as well. So many of us walk around today and we're like, I don't know what the purpose in my life is. And Paul would be like, you need to figure it out. Figure it out. Well, that sounds harsh. No, time's short. Time is short. You may not, I mean, you may not have it, all the details and all that stuff, kind of like how I would like from God is like, give me all the details because I don't want surprises. It doesn't work that way. Do you know what your purpose in this life is? The world will try to tell you that life's purpose is to be successful, wealthy, and doing whatever it is that you want to do. But eventually those temporary pleasures will fade away, no matter how great they might be. And in today's message, Pastor James will share with you about what life is really all about. The real purpose in this life is to be in relationship with Jesus. When you seek forgiveness from the Lord, you've entered into an eternal bond with the Lord that is far beyond earthly things. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Second Timothy, if you don't mind turning there. Second Timothy, New Testament, kind of towards the back. If you have uh, difficulties finding that, praise God for indexes, right? Like you got a Bible, it, I, thank you so much for whoever thought to put that in there. Um, if you're having trouble finding it, never feel ashamed to go to the front of the book and find out where some of these are at, all right? So we're in 2 Timothy. We've just been walking through this book together, um, verse by verse, just chapter by chapter, and kind of push the brakes a little bit. Normally, we're kind of knocking out chapters and all that good stuff, but we wanted to slow it down just a little bit to kind of look at this comparison and contrast that Paul's dealing with within uh, the world that he was, um, he was kind of experiencing, that Timothy as a young pastor was experiencing culturally, you know, all the stuff. I mean, there was, there was a mess going on within the world when this letter was written. This is Paul's last letter uh, before he died. And so this is kind of like famous last words, right? He had Timothy as his, his son in the faith, his, his protege, so to speak. And he was going to leave him with something. And he knew it was going to be the last thing he ever wrote. He knew that. So with that in mind, he was very purposeful in communicating to Timothy, who was taking the torch from him and was pastoring a church that Paul loved. Paul loved the church of Ephesus in that region. Um, but he had handed that over to Timothy, and he wanted to make sure that Timothy was fully aware of everything he was going to be facing. And Paul could speak to that, number one, because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is God, and we're going to see that in a second, in a second here. Uh, breathing his word in and through Paul, okay, um, but using Paul to, to pin this letter to Timothy. This is all stuff that Paul's been through as well, right? He's been there, he's done that, bought the shirt, and now he's like, Timothy, tag, you're it, right? I'm out of here, now it's up to you. So the first half of chapter three was dealing with um, the, the dangers of the last days and, and what to expect and what to be looking for. And you're gonna have uh, individuals, as we could say, 
during the last days that are just going to be completely full of themselves, completely in love with themselves, um, puffed up, proud, arrogant, boasters of themselves. Uh, they despise God. These are religious people. These are religious people, right? In the heart of hearts, they despise God, who they quote unquote serve. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what, that's what we can anticipate. And, and Paul, as Paul's writing this, this was already happening. So you can imagine in our world, this is still happening. And in fact, it's probably intensifying more than what we even realize, if we're honest. But there's, there's this mindset, this worldly mindset that's going to be happening. It's almost like a cancer that corrupts the, the church. It's kind of like these wolves are kind of creeping into the church and they're disrupting things. And that's what Paul's letting Timothy know. He's like, listen, you need to be aware that these guys are out there. They're real. And they have one objective, and that's to, to completely derail anything that God is doing. And they will come against you. But here's how you know them. And, and basically, the list that it goes through is, it would be the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. There's no self-control. There's no love. There's no patience. There's no gentleness. There's, there's no kindness. There's none of that stuff within their lives. They have the, the exact opposite. However, they have a form of godliness. So you have to be very cautious, and especially in this day and age. Be cautious of who you listen to. Be cautious of who you watch on TV. You need to know who they are and what they're about. I hope they're teaching from the word, but reality is a lot of them are not. You need to be cautious and aware of what you're allowing to come in to yourself, okay? Um, so just, be, just always be on guard. That doesn't mean you have to like, be suspicious of everyone. You need to be like a Berean and test it out. What do you say? Is that actually what the Bible says? What I'm going to share with you guys today, you would not offend me if you're like, oh, does the Bible really say that? Hey, by all means, knock yourself out, right? Go for it. You should be studying the word. So, uh, but that was, that was for Timothy. There was, there was guys out there. And then the last thing he left them with was the, the illustration of Janus and, and Jambres, the, the magicians in Pharaoh's court, who were able to pull off the same kind of like, it, it seemed, it appeared as though they could do the same kind of tricks Moses was doing. He threw down a staff, turned into a snake. Well, they created snakes. They, turned, they created blood from the river of Nile. They made some more frogs. And the, the whole point of that thing, and we talked about it, was they didn't solve any problems. If they were really real magicians, if they weren't phonies, which they were, they were illusionists, they would have created something to take away the snake Moses made. They would have done something to turn the Nile River back into water, not more blood, not more frogs. See, the phonies that are out there, they don't solve any problems. They add to the problem. And that's what Paul was saying. He's like, you, you need to be aware that these guys are out there and the fruit uh, will be evident within their lives and within their ministries. It always comes out. It always comes out. But here's the contrast. The last half of, of chapter three, this is where we'll be, uh, verses 10 through 17. He starts it off with, in verse 10, but you, Timothy, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation today just because I, I like the way that it, it kind of lays it out. He says, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach. You've followed my teaching. And this is Paul telling Timothy, he's like, okay, now with that in mind, with the bad guys in mind, the deceivers, the phonies, uh, whatever you want to call these guys, with that in mind, Timothy, you know who I am. You know who I am. You know what I've taught. 
Timothy's been with him. He watched this crazy apostle roll through his town preaching the gospel. And he, I mean, absolutely just the calling of God was placed on his life. And and the Lord had told him, you will follow this guy. And he did. Complete abandon. Just following Paul, following the Lord. And he watched Paul. And he's going to say, he's even going to clarify to him. He's like, listen, I was in your hometown. Your guys persecuted me. You know what what I'm about. You follow my teaching. You follow my conduct, the way that I live my life out. Paul was, he, he, he wasn't hiding anything. His life was on display for all to see. He had nothing to hide, nothing to hide. Everywhere he went, I mean, you, he was probably one of those guys, you could just ask him anything about himself and he would answer you honestly. There was never a facade. There was never a phoniness. There wasn't, I'm sure if you asked Paul, and if he wasn't having a good day, he would probably tell you he wasn't having a good day. He wouldn't do that thing that, I commonly do and be like, oh, it's good. It's good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. My life's horrible. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm smiling. Uh, On the inside, I'm dying, but I got to put up the appearance that makes sure that what? That nobody knows that you hurt? That's ridiculous. Everybody experiences hurt. Everybody goes through pain. Paul would be one of those guys where you're like, hey, Paul, how you doing? Well, I just got almost stoned to death, so it's not really a good day. Um, but the Lord's good, and I'm just going to march back in that town and keep doing what he tells me to do. I'm not happy right now, but I'm going to just keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I imagine that's kind of how he was. He says, you know my conduct. You know how I live my life. You've seen it. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. I love pastors who are like that. What you see from them, how they are on here, and, and to see them, to know them personally off the stage... I just, I'll follow guys like that. Pastor Bill up in Amarillo, if you ever get a chance to hear him, or he's on Calvary Houston's radio station and all that stuff, he's wild. Dude's totally wild. He's a crazy guy. Um, he would never stand here, just here, stationary. He's all over the room, right? Um, how, how he is here is exactly how he is off the stage. Off the stage. I mean, he's just, he's just real. He's absolutely, completely real. I'll follow guys like that. Uh, I'll align myself underneath those guys and say, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. I, I love that. I admire that about leaders within, within the church world who are just real. They're just real. That was who Paul was. He says, you, you know my life. You know who I am. He goes on to say, you know what my purpose in life is? You know what my aim is? You know why, why I'm here? Not only did Paul know his purpose in life, but Timothy knew his purpose as well. So many of us walk around today and we're like, I don't know what the purpose in my life is. And Paul would be like, you need to figure it out. Figure it out. Well, that sounds harsh. No, time's short. Time is short. You may not, I mean, you may not have it, all the details and all that stuff, kind of like how I would like from God is like, give me all the details because I don't want surprises. He doesn't work that way. But I know what my purpose in life is. I know why I'm here. I know why I'm here. I know why I'm specifically here in Galveston. I know why I'm specifically here today. But I know what my purpose in life is. I would hope and I would pray that all of us know your purpose in this life. It's not a mystery. It's not unattainable. 
right? We, we sometimes think of it that way of like, oh, it's just some weird, mysterious thing of like, nobody can truly know. No, God has called you to live in these days where you're at for a reason. And I can promise you this, if you don't know what that is, he is more than happy to share with you what that is. He's a good father. Just spend time with him. The more time you spend with him and the more time you spend with him in his word, he will make things clearer to you. Well, what if I mess up? See, that's how I lived my life for so long. What if I mess up? How are you going to mess up? What if I do the wrong thing? Then do the wrong thing. Let him correct you. He still loves you. He's not going to squash you. He's not going to boot you out of the family because, well, I'm trying to serve the Lord here. You're serving the Lord there, and that's not where he wants you to serve the Lord? Okay, he will correct that. He will fix that. There's no harm, no foul. You're still serving the Lord. It might not be in this area, but he knows how to correct you. See, sometimes we put way too much emphasis on like nailing the target, the bullseye, right? When we see it as a pinpoint, like a hundred yards away, and God has drawn this huge circle, he says, just get within the circle. That's all I care about. Serve me. Just get within the circle. If you're not, maybe it's like, I signed up for children's ministry and that's just not for me. Then it's not for you. It's okay. Find out what is for you. It's totally fine. That's how Paul lived his life. Read through, the, read through Acts. We're going to study through that after when we're done with 2 Timothy. We're going to go through Acts. Paul's going to all over places and his goal was to go everywhere. And the Holy Spirit kept him from going everywhere. It didn't mean that he wasn't stopping to knock on those doors, though. He was going to knock on the door. And if the door opened, sweet, he goes through. If the door didn't open, okay, then where do I go next? That's how, as Christians, we should be that way. Not just like, well, I knocked, nobody answered, I guess I'll give up. But that's, no, that's not the mindset we should have as believers. Paul was like, all right, well, then where? Wasn't here? I'm not supposed to be here? Sweet. Lord, tell me where I'm supposed to go. And then he just went. That's how he lived his life. We need to be like that. We just need to be like that. I need to be like that because I am very much a perfectionist and perfectionists hate making mistakes. It is life ending when you mess up, right? It's like, oh, I blew it and it's all over and all that stuff. Way too much stress and, you know, that you put upon yourself. That is not how the Lord works. I'm sorry to say it, but that's not how the Lord works. Maybe that frees you up. I don't know. Maybe you've been kind of wrestling with that. I think the Lord, he's just a good father who's like, I just want you to serve me. I want you to be with me. I want you to hang out with me. But where, Lord? I need to know. I got to have scripture and verse. Like, I've got, I need to point at a map. And, I mean, you got to just illuminate the city and all this stuff. He's like, just go. Just go. Matthew chapter 28. Just go. Where? All nations. Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. You're in Texas. If this is where you're from, you live in the South part, hey, guess what? You're where God wants you to be. Embrace it. Run with it. And when the, that door comes to a close and it maybe it's time to move on, then move on. Go serve the, serve the Lord wherever. Like, it's that freeing. It, it should be that freeing for all of us of like, oh, it's kind of stress-free. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. That's how Paul lived his life. He's like, you know my, I know my purpose. You know my purpose. My purpose is what? It's to preach the gospel. It's to bring the gospel, the good news to Gentiles everywhere. And that's what he did. He says, my faith, his faith was always on display. Um, His patience, 
his love, his steadfastness. Paul said, my life was an open book, Timothy. It's an open book. And I'm sure with all of this stuff, as you know, if you've lived side by side with somebody, um, even if they're walking with the Lord, I mean, all the stuff's going to get aired eventually. Like maybe the great marks of characters and, you know, characteristics and all that good stuff of patience. And, and look at, I mean, this is a, a list of fruits of the Spirit that he's kind of going off of here too. He's like, listen, you, you've seen it. My faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, um, and I'm sure Timothy saw all the negative side of that too, because Paul was not a sinless man, right? But Paul's like, listen, as I've just lived my life in contrast to these bad guys who display the opposite, what you've seen for me has just been, it's been this, but it's not him, it's the Holy Spirit in and through him. That's, that's it. He's not bragging on himself at all, but he's letting Timothy know, like, you've witnessed this in my life. Um, and when it comes time to like raise up leaders and all that stuff, this is, these are the things you need to be watching for. Or if you're going to align yourself underneath somebody and their teaching and everything, they should have these things evident within their lives. There should be an absolute, you know, just as clear as can be fact that they have faith in Jesus Christ. Number one, all right? If, if somebody stands here and it's unclear whether or not they believe in Jesus, I would recommend you leave, right? Do not waste your time. Because if they don't know, they're not going to do you any favors. You want them to be about Jesus, about his gospel, about the word of God. I mean, those core things that we hold fast to, they should be evident within their life. They should believe that Jesus is the son of God. They should believe that Jesus did actually come to this earth and die on the cross physically, not spiritually, you know, not metaphysically, none, none of that stuff. No, he physically died on the cross, and then he physically rose again from the grave three days later. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. John chapter 14, he's preparing a place for you right now. I literally believe all that stuff. Literally believe it. I have no issues with it. None at all. I hold fast to those things. His faith is on display. His patience, his love, his steadfastness, all this stuff. He, he's like, Timothy, you, you know how I live my life. You've watched me. This has kind of been a running thing throughout, um, throughout this book, but we, I'll, I'll continue to, to hit on this any opportunity I get. Um, you, should always, you should have somebody who has poured into your life. They, they've discipled you. They, another way to say that, I, I think the way I prefer the most is they've invested into you. They've invested into you. Like who has been the one? Who's your Apostle Paul? You need to know. You need to have an Apostle Paul right? And, and I would encourage you, maybe even in 2 Timothy, that you take a second to like write down that person's name. Who has been the one who you watched all these things in their lives? And maybe they're still, if they're still alive today, you need to take time to thank them for that. Be like, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If, if they've moved on, if they passed away, then you know what? It's, it's, it's always a good idea to thank the Lord for their example, for their example. But you need to have somebody like an Apostle Paul within your life. The other, the flip side to that is, well, so put yourself in Paul's shoes. Who's your Timothy? Who's your Timothy? Who are the one that you are investing into? Because it's not enough that somebody just invests into you. Now you have to take that and invest that into somebody else. Who is your Timothy? And maybe next to the person's name that you wrote down who invested in your life or discipled or mentored, however you want to say that, 
Maybe you should write the names, names, plural, of ones that you're investing your life into. Who will be the ones? Who are the ones who are watching you? Because, yeah, we can put this on the pastor, and we should. These things better be evident within the pastor's life. Not a perfect person, but, but these should be marks of, these should absolutely be marks of my life. Absolutely. Now, I will tell you, I am not a perfect person, and there will be days. If you're riding with, in a car with me, um, that thing of patience, it's gone, all right? That, oh, Holy Spirit, fill me up, because uh, I'm struggling with that one. Um, yeah, there's going to be, I have my moments. I have my moments, for sure. But who are the ones who are witnessing these things happen in your life? In your life? Who are you modeling these things for? Because you, you have to. That's what discipleship is. That's what Jesus was talking about. You, impo- you pour into others. You pour into others. You should always be training up your replacement. Always, always, always training up your replacement. Who's going to take your spot? Who's going to take your spot? So that's what, in, in essence, that's what Paul's doing here. And as he's, he's, you know, kind of showing Timothy, he's like, listen, I've given you a list of the bad guys, kind of the characteristics. Now here's, here's the things that, number one, your life should look like, but then also the things that you should be looking at uh, or out for within the lives of other people. He goes on to say in verse 11, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. I, I, let, me, let me just keep reading because we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this section in just one second. Um, verse 12, yes, and everyone who wants, here's a good promise, um, you know, by, you, you're not going to find this at Mardell's, I don't think, um, Lifeway, or if there's any Christian bookstores left. Um, you, these are going to be hard promise, you know, promises to find, display like on pillows and throws and wall art, all right? Um, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. Like, write that verse down and hand that to somebody today, right? You're like, hey, man, the Lord put this verse on my heart for you. Um, here you go. Like... Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. No, nobody wants to. But this is reality. This is reality. I wouldn't be doing my job if I skipped over this verse. I wouldn't be doing my job. And not enough people are talking about this. I think by and large, because we are blessed where we live. We're absolutely blessed where we live. Now, is it getting more and more complicated and the days are growing darker? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is kind of a hard verse for Americans to swallow. This is a vitamin that believers all over the world are taking every single day. They know this to be true. We experience it on Smaller levels, I would say, if we're honest, smaller levels. I'm going to read to you some statistics from, um, uh, it says, the rise in number of uh, Christians in the top 50 countries, North Korea being numero uno on this list as far as persecution against the church, okay? North Korea is hands down number one, all right? Uh, It says, in the World Watch list, um, those who experience high levels of persecution is up 14% from last year up from 14%. So that was, um, in 2018, that was 215 million Christians experiencing intense persecution. Not little persecution, intense persecution is up to 245 million.
We're so glad that you tuned in today to learn from God's Word on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has shared much from 2 Timothy, and there are good things that you can take with you, even all these years after the book was written. If you'd like to explore more teachings from this study or other books of the Bible, you can do so at our website, breadforthebroken.com. We would also love to meet you, so if you're in the Galveston area, come join us this Sunday for worship. Calvary Galveston meets at 10 a.m. for a time of praising the Lord. Please come just as you are. We want to meet you. For directions to our church and more information, visit breadforthebroken.com. And if you're not able to come in person, that's okay. We're streaming our weekly services on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Galveston. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask for your partnership in this ministry. We're grateful to have you as a listener, and we'd love to have this ministry covered in your prayers. We ask that more people would listen and genuinely hear the truth about Jesus. Pray for lives to be changed. Also pray that all of those involved in Bread for the Broken would have open hearts to hearing where God would lead. And if you feel led, we're also grateful for financial support. Visit breadforthebroken.com and go to the About tab to learn more or to connect with us if you have any questions. Our time with you has come to an end today, but join us again next time here on Bread for the Broken.